A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to a brand new Looking Pete show. I'm Pete Donaldson, the Pete part of that particular formula. <laughs> Luke Moore is with me as well. Hello, Luke Moore. You're full of pep and vim and vigour. Vinegar. Pith, um, is it pith and vinegar or yeah, vinegar? Yeah, whatever. Full of it, mate. I'm the Luke. I'm drenched in it. Um, you have been over the last couple of weeks, if you don't mind me saying, somewhat under the weather, but today you sound like you are on fine form, my I friend. I could say that about you, Luke. You've had a right old cough, cough, cough know, time of things, haven't you? Mate, I was doing a radio um, show a week ago. I had to leave the studio, <laughs> have a little coughing fit, <laughs> had to get some strep seals. We went toe to toe on the radio, didn't we? we I was did. doing my show two till five, and yours was also two till five yeah. as well. And it turned out most of the listening public were doing something else entirely. <laughs> we stank up the radio. <laughs> we did. And um, previously on the Luke and Pete show, this is of course episode sixty-four. I like to give people the number so they know what to refer to when they're emailing in. And you can do that, by the way, on hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. But previously on this show, um, we found out over the past week or so, Pete could, as a child, fart at will. Pete, mm-hmm. anything to say on that now? Uh, it's not the only thing I could do as a child, as that nurse found out. Moving swiftly on, mm. that was when you, of course, um, you were the uh, proud owner of your first erection at the age of... I don't know, six or seven. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was my first one. Front of a medical professional. <laughs> uh, we also heard your sex education horror stories, and there'll mm. probably be more on that later today or this week at some point. We heard from Detective George from Baltimore and Pilot Neil, two of our favourites. Lovely. Um, we talked about apples, Pete, apple varieties. You don't have to have a sexy job for us to uh, be enamoured by you. No. Enamoured with you. We did a lot of stuff on uh, the world's worst jobs, didn't we? we yeah. Of which we have occupied a couple of. Definitely. Um, yeah, a bit on apples, a bit on party tricks gone awry, and a boy... Uh, culminate, the whole thing, though, culminated in a boy of 12 travelling on Concord by himself. That's incredible, isn't it, really? Yeah. Incredible work. Very, very much so, yeah. So that's um, what we've been up to. Up and That brings you up to date, I think. <laughs> and now you're up to date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have just assembled a air conditioning um, system for the uh, the studio. Yes. And it works a treat as well. It does work a treat, but are you just instantly hot now? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's. It, I turned it on for about 10 minutes. It made the room <clears> quite cold. Yeah. And now we've closed the door. I'm instantly sweaty. Well, I think the idea is it gives us a bit of a head start ahead yeah. of those warm World Cup months. But we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, I hope you won't take offence to me saying this, Pete, but um, you've managed to get something to work first time. That's rude. But is that that's fair? Your track record is sketchy on that. What do you mean? How do you buy that one out? Well, you just—I think you know—you've got enough knowledge to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what have right. you? Uh, what have you been up to this week, my friend? Don't know. Went up north. Uh, went to see yeah. Mum very, very briefly. I sort of um, surprised her by turning up on her doorstep, <laughs> which I don't think I've ever done, in fact. But I've realised. How did she take it? She appreciated it, and also she didn't have like again the head start to kind of fret about where I'm going to be sleeping, mm. what I'm going to be eating, 
And like she, she said, I've got nothing in. I've got mm. nothing in. And No frozen sausages in. Well, you were once locked in my house and you've seen how little food I have in my cupboards. Yeah. Having any sort of edibles in your cupboard mm. um, will kind of sort you I out, mean, really. It's not for me. I don't mean like marijuana. Or <laughs> no, no. It's not for me to um, judge how another man lives. No. Let's get that out there first. No. But getting locked in your house was a... It was a bit of an eye-opener, I would say. Oh, okay. You had absolutely no food in the house. You no. had what, a bottle of tomato ketchup. Bottle of Campari. Bottle of Campari, and that was pretty much it, really. That's, that's what I'd subsist on. Yeah. Sugar it, and um, bitters. It made, a, it made a lot of sense to me. I found I, I really, lots of things clicked into place at that point. Oh, it was did, lovely. Did you get a chance to um, spend some time with Stewie? Uh, Stewie was uh, in bed from six o'clock, so I missed him. Uh, he woke at one o'clock to find his, his firstborn. Second born Still up. in uh, in uh, in in his house. And he went, Hello, son. You all right? Are you going to be watching the TV? Because <laughs> this is my time now. Yeah, to be honest, I watch much of the day, and he records so much television because he has six hours a day to watch television in uh, from one until seven. And he um, and he had three concurrently recording pieces of uh, video yeah. uh, on the TV on the Sky Plus or on TV on, t- on the TV. He's got yeah. he had three shows recording what at any they? time. I don't know, one of them was, one of them was three, it was a family guy. I deleted two of them to watch Match of the Day. <laughs> so he's going to be finding out about that very soon. He'll probably give you an angry text saying, yeah. why did you stop the family guy recording? When you got back, because you, you went up to Hartlepool and arrived at your parents' place without telling them mm. that you were coming, did, mm. you, did your mum, do you think your mum thought at one point you had just cried and just come home? <laughs> finally. I had a breakdown. After 15 yeah. years. I think they're always expecting that call, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind that, and this kind of, um, I was reminded by this about this uh, quite recently, like, the I've been in media for a little while now and I've done things like, you know, not interesting or important things, but Agree. the sort of things that might find yourself in the local newspaper. Uh, but the local newspaper has always you know, ignored me until I dressed up as that Travago woman last year. And then I've been featured twice, as has the Ramble in, oh. uh, in, uh, <clears throat> in situ. But, um, what does Mrs. Donaldson think about that? Well, I mean, again, you, the, the only time the Hartlepool Mail has featured me is putting me on the front cover dressed as a lady. So... I mean, that's more than you could have hoped of growing up, though, isn't it? Yeah. But, I no, mean, like, I don't think my mum and dad were particularly proud that, that was my only entry in the uh, Hartlepool Mail. But... Still time. <laughs> you'll, you'll live to at least 45. They've installed a, uh, they've installed a new um, tribute to Ridley Scott uh, oh. in Hartlepool Town Centre. Well, that was going to be my next question. What's changed? What was it like? And what yeah. Um, what, what does, the, what does the Ridley the Scott tribute look like? didn't see much of the town, but uh, the Ridley Scott tribute is basically... It's. I think. I think he did a film when he's just out of college because he went to Hartlepool College mm. of Further Education, and he um, did a film set in Hartlepool or filmed in Hartlepool. Um, completely unknown. Nobody remembers it. But Hartlepool trying to kind of you know, zhuzh up the town centre by going, "Hey, Ridley mm. Scott came here." So they've done this kind of like uh, basically a big um, metal cutout of a boy on a bike. You know, nobody remembers Ridley Scott's boy on a bike film, but uh, we're kind of laying claim to. Part of Ridley Scott's legacy. Ridley Scott actually directed the famous Hovis advert as well, didn't he? Oh, did he? A lot of people might not know that. I think. That oh, was maybe his first that's job. the situation. Maybe that's, that's probably what they're referring to then. Yeah, it probably that is. definitely was not filmed in, filmed in Hartlepool. No, but it, I can tell you where it was filmed. It was filmed in a place called Gold Hill, I think, in Dorchester. It was it a mining town because it looked no. very mi- all those cottages. <laughs> it's just a very picturesque, um, <clears throat> steep road. When you see towns set in those big steep kind of <clears throat> hills and stuff, you sort of think. Lisbon's a little bit like that. You sort of go, beautiful place. Yeah. Why the hell did you choose to set up shop here? Well, West Norwood's a bit like that where I live. It's very hilly. <laughs> that was the point. I'll tell you what's bad for that. Bristol's terrible for that as well. Mm. Up and down. A friend of mine started running. He lives in Bristol. And uh, when I was there visiting, I was thinking, how are you running around here? 
Incredible. Just, just choose like a yeah. town square and just do laps. That's what I would do, I think. <coughs> oh, Excuse me, can you, you hear right? that cough? I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm trying to cough off mic. Yeah, maybe, all, of, maybe. all of the Radio Stakhanov shows have been peppered this month by Luke Moore's cough. It's been an ever-present kind of almost fifth uh, member of the football ramble. <laughs> even, if I, was... even if I'm not on the show. It's been, it's <laughs> I hear it. I've just started yeah. hearing it. Um, Pete, um, let me give you a really quick <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> look at what I've been up to because right. um, I went to... Uh, my wife's obsessed with Harry Potter. Yes. And I saw that there was a unofficial, as in not officially sort of endorsed, nice Harry Potter afternoon tea. Hoori Potter. <laughs> yeah, Hoori Potter, just down the road from where you live at Cutter and Squidge. So Cutter and Squidge is a place where it <laughs> has lots of, it's basically a cake shop um, and they sell things <laughs> like cake pops and yeah. slices of cake. So that those pictures that uh, Mimi posted on uh, the yeah. uh, on the Instagram were yeah. actually from that shop. Yeah, no, oh, they did a, a lovely job. There's a downstairs. Oh, it's like a pit, it's, oh there's an A. It's, <laughs> there's like a th- it's like a subterranean. Um, cake. Yeah, it's almost like set up in some sort of like some sort of theatre, but crossed with a schoolroom. Right. Where you go in there and you learn this potions class, and you have all these different nice things to eat and drink. But, and I thought it was excellent. The food was very, very good. But mm. um, the thing I didn't like, and I, you might be in my camp here. My wife absolutely loved it. Uh, but is the the idea of having an out of work actor doing like, hosting? Yeah. Pretending to be like a witch. The problem is you can't even uh, kind of say they're out of work. They're working. You know what I mean, though. I know. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not on a casting right now, and you imagine they don't go to many anymore. The people who work in the London Dungeon, for example. Yeah. They're always young and enthusiastic, <clears throat> yeah. and or the, or I'm, I'm not one who takes that very well. And if they've hit <laughs> real rock bottom, they're charity muggers. <laughs> um, but you know what? I've actually had a really good one of those um, at the Crystal Maze experience. Yeah, they're the, great at them. The guy who did that was absolutely mm. brilliant. He was but, so good. But again, that's kind of like, that's not an ensemble piece, is it? You, you need that kind of like mad kind of um, horse, don't you, to sort of do, do, do the thing. Um, <coughs> I mean, for the American listeners, uh, Crystal Maze is like... It's a game show. We do show. lots of different types of change. I think mm. they might even have, they might even be aware of the Crystal Maze, possibly. It might have been syndicated over there. Because uh, Richard O'Brien, no, why would you syndicate the Crystal Maze? Because the, re- the, the remake, the remake. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Because uh, Richard O'Brien from the um, Rocky, Horror Picture, Rocky Horror Picture Show was yeah. uh, very much part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, this afternoon tea was, the food was nice, but I, I'm just one of those people, I can't help but um, cringe when this sort of stuff goes on. I, I didn't think she was actually that good. And, and in the case of the Crystal Maze, and the goal was very good, I was well into it. Mm. But there's like, a reason, isn't there? I mean, this is just kind of padding out the day, <laughs> I find, with stuff like that. Yeah. Padding out the evening. Have you been to Cutter? It's quite nice. I've been to the um, top half of it. Yeah. I'm not a big cake guy, so... Uh, <coughs> You're not, no? no? I love a cake, mate. I love a cake, Cake man. and a biscuit. And I saw a quite a good film last night as well called um, The Ritual. The Ritual. you seen it? Which is that one? It is a movie with Rafe Spall. Right. Son of, son of Timothy, of course. Uh, about a bunch of guys. Oh, well, I'll try not to give too much away. Bunch of guys. Bunch of guys who go on a stag weekend in the forests of Sweden, Sveria, mm. as they say in Sweden, and um, they start hiking through forests and stuff goes awry. It's like a horror movie. Right. It's good. Okay. Ah, I, I, do you know what? It had mixed reviews, and we were trying to pick a film to watch, scrolling through all the movies on Amazon Prime, and I said, I really fancy that. I really like Rafe Spall, and um, the reviews were, were average, but I thought, I'm going to go for it anyway. Amazon. Uh, I bloody enjoyed it. The last thing I watched on Amazon was the Bader Meinhof complex. Oh yeah, which was all right, but it went on a bit too long. Uh, well, the thing about the ritual is only an hour and a half, and I, I think films are way too long. Films should be only an hour and a half. Yeah, that you've got that amount of time <laughs> to tell your story. <laughs> tell your story. Yeah, get in, get out. Otherwise, do a Netflix series. I'll stop. <laughs> stop bothering us. I watched uh, uh, the last episode of Atlanta with oh, yeah. the much vaunted and celebrated George Gambino, aka 
Donald Glover. And my God, I enjoyed that series. And it was a, it was a very, um, the episodes you could just hit whenever you wanted. You could just watch them, not even in order, because they're just little, they're like one day kind of snapshots. Kind of. Oh, they don't link together? No, that's the first season does, which is started on BBC Two yesterday. How is he in all of them if they don't link together? Then? Second. How is he in all of them if they don't link together? He's not in all of them. Oh, okay. He's, uh, he, well, he directs some of them. Right. That, the bloke who um, directed the uh, This Is America video, Hero. Oh, what's the name for Mirai? Mirai. I think it's Hiro Mirai. Right. Um, he uh, directs most of them as well. Uh, but it's beautifully done. Beautifully, right. beautiful um, TV show. We, you and I really were both... dreamy. You and I were both enjoying the This Is America video um, with Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe over the top of it, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, if you pick a lot of... Um, I mean, YouTube and uh, the internet at large is just saturated with white people telling us what we should think about the Childish Campino <laughs> video. This is America. Just people going, well, he's wearing Confederate trousers, and uh, this is a reference to the, uh, the, the the father of Trayvon Martin. And this is uh, the. Uh, I thought he was the, dressed as. Um, I thought he was. He's definitely posing as Jim Crow at the start. Yeah, but they but his trousers are Confederate. Um, what the Confederate soldiers would. Right. Wear okay. So there's different. Sim- we talked about. To be honest, I saw the trousers a lot. They're quite nice trousers, <laughs> Donald. Well you wear similar ones now, actually, <laughs> and the flag. Um, no. <laughs> but, um, but uh, it was, uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, I'm just tired of people sort of saying, and you shouldn't turn it into a meme. I was like, don't tell people what to fucking do. Yeah, you can turn it into a meme you if you want. Yeah. Do I mean, what you want, but... but it's not any old meme. Carly Rae Jepsen is the finest pop recording artist of the last 10 years, in my opinion. So <laughs> nothing she touches can be, uh, can be, can be diminished. That is a, um, it's a, it's a banging, and it, where it kicks off with the gunshot is uh, hmm. beautifully timed. Call me maybe, I would say, is the... And you can hello at lukeandpeacher.com me on this. Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe is, to my mind, the finest pop song of the century. Rihanna, Umbrella, get no, out. Better than that. Get out. In my opinion, it's better than that. Alphabet, fascination. Love it. Love that tune. I love both those <laughs> examples you've given me there. I love those as well. We should compile a top ten or something. They would both be in it. But for me, it's Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe. We're going to listen to that in the middle of this ad break, and we'll be back with some of your emails afterwards. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Where'd you think you're going, baby? Good there point. Where do you think you're going, baby? Doesn't the video on that? Um, she thinks she's um, cracking on with the lad, and uh, he's, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Yeah, he's a gamer. And we all, have a blo- we all have a bloody good laugh about it, <laughs> don't we? Oh, imagine not fancying child Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Red, Charlie. Ra- what's happened to you? Charlie Red Jetson. Imagine not enjoying the Jetsons. <laughs> Meet his wife. No, Jane, his wife. Do, 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 that <laughs> I can't remember the theme tune. Yeah, that. it was uh, Meet George Jetson. Best. Jane, his wife. Best. His boy, Elroy. <laughs> Do the rest of the show like that. <laughs> um, best ever um, kids cartoon theme tune. Uh, it's got to be... Uh, Whatever you're going to say, it's not going to be Ulysses, so shut up. Fuck say, I was going to say Ulysses 31. Yeah! yeah. High fives. Yeah. yeah, that was quite weak by you. Almost as weak as your handshake, Pete. But that's <laughs> another story. I, I think people who um, mug people off with hard handshakes are pathetic. Mine isn't limp. <laughs> It's firm, it's fine, it's tender even. It's not firm enough. It's not, I, I go in for the hug more, to me, more times. To me, Pete, absolutely right. You know, you, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying there. There's a sweet spot, okay? Those people who try and Donald Trump strong arm you with a big, big heavy one, I ain't got time for those people. But those mm. people who d- deliver up a lettuce leaf, I don't mm. want that either. Well, we're watching... Sweet uh, spot. Yeah, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, happy with, I'm happy with my handshake, especially because I have very small, small hands, so it, oh, whatever I how do... how many irate weak handshakes you <laughs> see around here? Just one. Um... Yeah. So, uh, there's a bit, actually, talking about Donald Trump strong-arming, um, there's a clip of, uh, I've been watching WrestleMania recently because of the um, thingy Wrestle Me, the podcast Wrestle Me, you should have listened to, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. early comedians, because um, uh, Donald Trump is featured in two of them because uh, they're in the Trump Plaza, I think it's four and five. He and, turns up um, at a couple of them, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, well, yeah. he's interviewed by um, one of the um, presenters, and like he does this kind of power play where he just really stares at the person interviewing, like really like staring at them. Like he just doesn't break right. um, gears at all at any point. <coughs> right. Um, yeah, weird. He's just, a very strange just, man. Just men who've just I don't, you know, um, spent too much time in finance or around the wrong people. Yeah, quite. I, I don't think, um, well, everything everything you need to know about Donald Trump can probably be answered by an 80s self-help book, I expect. Mm. But um, I don't have any interest in telling other people what their politics should be and all the rest of it, and it's not about that. But what I it, do. What you, you absolutely do, that's right. Um, but what it is about is less about politics and more about knowing a complete idiot when you see one. <laughs> it's not politics. It's no. not political. It's, no, it's God, the guy's no. an idiot. That's it. No. Yeah, I've got no problem with people with different opinions to me on politics, of course. Yeah. But that guy is an idiot, and it's only fair to say so. Um, let's go into the emails, Peter. I'd like to start with this one, if it's okay with you. Okay. It's one we didn't get around to last time by a chap by the name of Damien Cunningham. Whoa, where do you think you're going, baby? Where do you think you're going, Damey? Yeah. Um, greetings, chaps, he says. And the lad who transported that toad from South Africa back to the UK, now I think that was probably three or four episodes ago, uh, might feel as though he's incredibly unlucky to have done so, and he is to a degree. <laughs> like that from Damien. Nice little assessment of what's been going on I was so watching far. One of my mum's favourite TV shows is uh, New Zealand Customs. Uh, well, it's a show about New Zealand Customs, basically. Yeah. So it's just people like hiding cocaine in their pants and stuff oh, mate, like that. You know, there's, it, some, it, there's some lovely stories on that. In Australia and New Zealand, they are very, very hot on it. When I was out in New Zealand and um, I signed for a football team there, um, I, 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 I got my parents to send my football boots over mm. 
And um, classic. I know. And the um, the captain of the team, he made up a story and got me to believe it that like, New Zealand customs had impounded them because they had bits of British grass on them and they wouldn't let them come into the country. <laughs> anyway, but apparently they're very strict on it. Uh, anyway, um, Damien are you, also are you says, comparing yourself to a drug lord? No, a drug baron? No, <laughs> no. Grass. I mean, actual Importing grass. Importing cleats. Um, Damien's got a, good, a couple of examples. Anyway, the reason he's emailed in is because he's got a couple of examples of. of things that have gone through airport customs uh, from air- in airports around the globe. And on that subject, by the way, there's a, there's a um, an Instagram uh, account worth following called TSA, um, oh, right, okay, which is sure. the American um, airport customs guys. And, and they, they, they do a great uh, account of, um, of photographing stuff they've uh, confiscated off flights. Mm. It's brilliant. It's yeah, like amazing stuff on there's there. There's some great... Uh, lost, I, think the, I think three Coachellas ago, they uh, released basically... Um, a picture of some of the more interesting lost and found items they had. So many bow ties. A What's surprising it? amount of bow ties. Why do you reckon bow ties are lost so I much? I don't know. I mean, they didn't look like they were from waiting staff or anything, but, you know, Coachella, man. It's a crazy oh. place. Um, Damon said, anyway, in 2012, a man in New York um, at a regional airport tried to get a fully gassed up power chainsaw on his flight <laughs> and was permitted to bring it on uh, once he emptied out the fuel. which I mean, that be- would just stink, wouldn't it? And also, no how- it's still dangerous without fuel. It's got spikes on it. It's not that spiky, does it? You could bring a spike of a... Yeah, you could bring a two-teeth... To- if I took a chainsaw, mm. right, and stood you up there, took a chainsaw, didn't turn it on, and actually took a massive swipe at you with it, it would hurt you. Yeah, but in the same way, you could probably bring a big hammer on them. Could you bring a hammer? I don't think so. Nah. I no. brought a sword once onto a plane, <laughs> but it was plastic. They have to it- be checked. They're blunt, don't they? That was in Sweden. Uh, anyway, in 2009, apparently, according to Damien, uh, a man travelling into Australia from Dubai was promptly arrested when going through airport security for having two live pigeons contained in padded envelopes strapped to his ankles. <laughs> the man gave no rhyme or reason as to why he was transporting the feathered rats in such a manner. However, the most outrageous and daring case of smuggling contraband through airport customs only to fail miserably award goes to Gitta Jarrant and her stepdaughter Anka Anusik and Gitta's 91-year-old husband, Kurt. Although Kurt really should be exempt from any blame for this, and you'll see why. Uh, the German family were visit- visiting Liverpool in 2010, and while there, Kurt tragically passed away. His wife and stepdaughter were clearly so distraught with this passing, they abandoned all rational thinking and came down with a case of grief-stricken stinginess as they made their way back to Berlin. They opted to put old dead Kurt into a wheelchair and had the audacity not to declare him deceased and transport him appropriately back to his homeland, instead opting to put sunglasses on him wheeling him about the airport in Liverpool and inform a suspicious airport security that he was a bit worn out from such a fun-packed holiday. Look at him. Give him a wave. Give him a wave. Naturally. Cut. It reminds me of uh, the film, is it Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Where he snaps the guy's neck in the seat next to him on the plane. Leave him. He's dead tired. Uh, naturally, yeah. the airport... Yeah, that's, that's the film this reminds you of. <laughs> naturally, the airport... <laughs> out of all the possible films it's going to remind well, you of. I was of. also going to say Weekend at Burning. <laughs> naturally, the airport staff weren't buying this. Uh, Gitta and Anuska were detained and arrested for not declaring a death as immediately as possible. And a coroner concluded Kurto had been dead up for twelve hour- for up to 12 hours. The ladies were eventually released on bail and claimed ignorance, while Kurt is probably in the unclaimed baggage locker... To- uh, baggage- Baggage locker to this day. Uh, Proof you're more likely to die on the ground than, than on the air when travelling abroad. Just try not to become a Weekend at Bernie's parody if you do die while on your travels. That's, That's from Damien. wonderful. Well done, uh, Damien. Weekend at Bernie's is a classic. I don't think I've ever seen it. Just, uh, do you re- films like that, do you really need to see? You've got the premise... You've got the references. You know what the guy looks like. I don't think you need to see that. I film. think, uh, yeah, that's true. You could probably all be summed up by the trailer. True. Um, and if you uh, two two things on that. One, I think if I watch Weekend, but uh, Bernie's back now, it'd be terrible. Um, two, uh, the um, do you ever if you if you go and find like an eighties film that was big, 
and then find the trailer on YouTube. Mm. It always sounds immediately really dated because those trailers still, dreadful, aren't they? Yeah. they still have the voiceover, which yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, 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 so yeah. these days, the trailers, they tell the story just by clips, right? <laughs> Back then, every single film, in a world, yeah, like that. And it's always got, um, what's the romantic comedy one? It's um, a Paul Simon track. No, not Paul Simon, um, Salisbury Hill. All right, yeah. Who's Peter Salisbury Hill? Peter... Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel, yeah, Salisbury Hill. Well, I was, In a world. I was trying to show my wife um, the trailer for Kingpin, which is a classic Bill Murray, Woody Harrison vehicle. It's a busy uh, evening. And the, yeah. You've had your Harry Potter, you can have... Yeah. We're watching trailers all night tonight. But, but the trailer featured the voiceover, and right. she was like, this looks terrible, what is this? <laughs> it just looks so dated. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Damien. If you want to get in touch with you guys listening, hello at lukeandpeacher.com, of course. Pete, have you got an email for us? Well, nowadays you just have, like, trailers. You have teaser trailers, trailer trailers. Yeah, teasers, yeah. trailers, there's loads all, of, uh, and it sorts, really yeah. takes the fun out. What was the one that I watched recently? Predator, the new Predator film. <laughs> Looks flipping dreadful. Is there a new one? Trailer. Yeah, I think, I, do, I just think all the action sequences, they hadn't sort of finished them off, so they were just kind of, whatever they had, they just throw out. Right. And, um, and obviously, the trailer people are separate to the director. The director doesn't get to do the trailer, so we'd probably get better trailers if the director got involved, or we'd get no trailer at all, because obviously the director wants you to see the whole piece. It's like, you know, singles versus the album, isn't it, really? I didn't even know that the um, director wasn't involved. In no, the not at all, no. Just they get um, handed out to, like, uh, like another company. The new Jurassic Park doesn't look very good either. Well, I'm seeing it on seeing it next week, so I'll report back. I'm right. also seeing Solo on Thursday, I think. I can't remember. Oh, I quite fancy that. Oh. Uh, that's got um, Donald Glover in it. It has, yeah. Um, hello, look at Pete. This is from... Oh, I don't know who this is from, because I've clipped off the end of this uh, email, so never mind. Oh, just a Chicago email? Yeah. That was my fault. Uh, you can read it. I'll find out where it's from. Don't worry. Uh, hello, Luke and Pete. I stumbled across your podcast through stumbling across the Abroad in Japan podcast via the podcast app on Android. Until then, I must admit, I'd never heard of any of you. My life has been permanently changed for the better, question mark, since. Anyway, Abroad in Japan was really entertaining. I got a kick out of Pete, looked him up, and found the Luke and Pete show. As a new listener, I was curious, what's the origin story of the Luke and Pete show? How did it start? How did it get rolling? Who did? Uh, who are the real Luke and Pete? <laughs> Also, have you ever been to Chicago? Where did, what did you see and do, and what did you think? And that is from Eric Johnson, I found Eric his name. Johnson, thanks, um, Eric. I've never been to Chicago, have you, Pete? Uh, yes, I bought cigars, even though I don't smoke, and gave the cigars to the bloke who owned our Airbnb. And that didn't even get me a bloody review, so... That is outrageous. you, chap. Yeah. He was on his way to weddings, so I thought, have some cigars, mate. I've only spent 80 bloody dollars on them. <laughs> Idiot. I've never been there, so I can't offer no. anything. Pete, have you ever told the listeners of the Luke and Pete show... The story about um, what happened to you in Korea. What do you mean? As in, what, the, the skewer? Yeah, I think I have, yeah. Have you? Okay. Yeah, I, I got run know. over by an old man who tried to buy me off of cigarettes. Yeah. So I didn't tell the feds, because he was leathered. Did you tell the feds anyway? I, I, did, I, I didn't even take his cigarettes. I was like, oh, well, lesson learned. <laughs> what sort of <laughs> well, lesson learned? He mounted the payment and hit you. <laughs> I, know, it? I, I, know it's a, I know it's a, like a racist trope that, that, that in, in America, certainly not over here, we don't really get that sort of thing but like um, the Koreans are known as a, 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 um, mugged off as being terrible drivers and stuff if you've ever been to Seoul I would not dis- that would not disavow you of that fucking opinion my god they it's just like it? it's like driving in like like Calcutta or something <laughs> it's just like just 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 squeeze in wherever you can the most the worst I've seen would run probably, over Pete with your bloody scooter the worst I was, I've seen um, is probably uh, Istanbul mm. that is bad but it's like well, well we so I mean bad. we just came back from um 
Maples, Maples yeah. I mean, that's just squeezing where you can. People just... Yeah. But it's a new kind of driving. And, like, we're very organised here and all the places I've sort of been in the past, like, everyone sort of has a... There's a system there mm. and everyone follows it. But then when you break out of it, it's like jazz driving, isn't it? Like, I'll just squeeze in there, fuck it. Yeah. I, I think they more... <laughs> it is very much like free jazz. I, I think they, they use the rules of the road very much as sort of guidelines. Yeah. When we went to the airport on the way back from Naples, mm. like, no word of a lie. I don't think you're in our cab, no. but um, he drove probably... The cab driver probably drove... 500 metres uh, mm. on the wrong side of the road. Brilliant. On a dual carriageway. I love it. Yeah, so it was like no entry, one of those red signs, didn't it? And there were cars on the side of the road we were on going the other way and he was just driving around them. When I was in Istanbul, <laughs> there was a lot of traffic because the traffic in Istanbul is incredibly bad. Uh, a guy who was in the cab behind us driving the cab, he got so uh, impatient he mounted the pavement and then just drove down the cycle track at about 40 miles an hour. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I've got an email here for Arm Tom that I'd like to read. Uh, he says, good morning, or afternoon or evening, guys. Since listening to episode one, I've sent you two emails. Uh, my batteries are a set of Nanfengs, picture enclosed. Uh, I don't know if we read your first email out, Tom, but apologies if we didn't, and I am now reading out your second. He said, a few episodes ago, you told a story about someone bothering some bees, and it reminded me of an incident that happened when I was about 10 years old. I went away with my family in a caravan over the school holidays. The caravan site was in the middle of loads of fields, and there were loads of activities arranged for the kids. My cousin, brother, and I all got bored and had noticed there were quite a few pheasants around, so we decided to go and hunt for one. After spending most of the day walking around fields armed only with a large stick we had found and a cord from a pair of one of our jogging bottoms. <laughs> this is quite a sort of towny, chavy story. And we decided to go back to the campsite having not seen a pheasant all day. On the way back, we struck gold, though, because we discovered something that had made the day of hunting worthwhile. Under a bridge was an already dead rabbit. Whoa. We got down to the bridge, tied one end of the cord around the neck of the rabbit, and the other around the stick and dragged our catch back to camp. What I've held back so far is what this school holiday was. It was Easter, and waiting back at camp was the afternoon's event for the children. Meet the Easter bunny. Oh, no. We arrived back at camp, proud we caught a rabbit, however, were greeted by some very, very upset children, crying and screaming that we had killed the Easter bunny and ruined Easter for everyone. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Tom. It's got everything in that, hasn't it? Terrible Mur uh, timing. <laughs> Murder an animal uh, and uh, crying children. Which is, is, is what I want in a... In a <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I, I said Carl Cutter earlier on. It's obviously now Kolkata. Is it? People just will not stop rebranding their, their places. Like, Hasn't um, the Czech Republic rebranded? Yeah, I was going to say. Chechia. Is that what it's called it's now? now known as Chechia. Uh, Lord uh, friend John. Uh, John was saying that uh, it's the least successful rebranding of a country ever. Well, nobody's, talk, nobody's calling it that. I don't Chechia. even know if anyone knew it's happened. Do oh, it's weird, isn't it? Well, I don't think the Czech Republic have qualified for the World Cup this summer. Otherwise, I wonder no. what we'd be calling them. No. Whether, whether FIFA would have uh, taken it on board. Is the Newcastle goalkeeper Martin Pravka Slovenian? I think he is, yeah. Oh. Why? I see. I'm just uh, thinking about things. Somebody said that... Uh, uh, no, he's Slovakian, I think, isn't he? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Slovakian, yeah, yeah. He apparently was once coached by Pavel Sanacek. Okay. Nice. Nice link. Nice link there nice for link. all you Ramble fans. Uh, right. Hello to Rich. Hello, Rich. Here's my story of school embarrassment. Oh, I like this. To paint the picture, I was probably about 15 to 16 years of age at this time and at secondary school in Essex. One Sunday evening, I stumbled across my dad's beard from it in the family bathroom <laughs> at home. This Got, always, these yeah. stories always start brilliant. Always start like that. So the yeah. episode of 999, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'd stumbled across my dad's beard trimmer. God knows why. God only knows why. Uh, but I glanced in the mirror and decided to turn the electric razor on. And for some unbeknownst reason, I placed the whirring device next to my ear and proceeded to take a thumbnail-sized chunk of hair off the bottom of, bottom of my left sideburn. Thumbnail-sized? It's not that big. The fact that you've even got sideburns annoys me because I could never grow them. Still can't grow them. How old is this guy at the time? Probably not even that old, either. 15 or 16. Yeah, exactly. A moment of pure shock proceeded where I stared at myself aghast in my head thinking, what have you done, you fucking idiot? Not being <laughs> anywhere near a trained uh, hairdresser, uh, I had no idea what I was thinking. Immediately realising the error of my ways, I went about putting a plan together to avoid as much abuse from teenagers at school the next day as possible. Continuing to rummage through the family bathroom, I stumbled across black shoe polish. Uh, and I'd found my solution. So Monday morning comes around. I wake up and glance in the mirror, having forgotten in my sleep the disaster of the afternoon uh, before. And the fear of high school bullying rushed back to me. I got dressed for school and applied the tiniest dab of black uh, boot polish to uh, the thumbnail, the thumbnail-sized ball patch I found myself with on the side of my face. So the date school was nothing short of a strategic masterclass. Queuing for lunch, keeping the side of my head with the ball patch against the wall, queuing to get into classrooms and applying the same logic, ball patch to the wall. <laughs> then getting into the classroom and tr- trying to grab any seat I could with the ball nightmare to the wall, not facing it out, uh, out towards a classroom of potential onlookers and bullies. I'd even packed a small tub of boot polish in my school bag for a little bit of touch-up if I needed it later in the day. This is good planning. What, I don't good understand why... I know, yeah, yeah, but, but you look back and you sort of... These things are weirdly important, aren't they? So they like, are. Keep parity. Keep your head down. They are. Don't stand out. They are weirdly important, but Pete, I don't know how you feel about this, but my first go-to solution here would just to be to shave the exact same thing on the other side. Yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, it's just fashionable. Like. Or just... <laughs> or just even... Um, like, people just like clip a bit of their hair all the time, you know? People get a scar or, you know... Yeah. These things happen. He's overreacted here. He's overreacted here. Naughty rich. Um, so, he had a football match later on. He'd, he'd done a lovely job so far. Uh, soccer for those people uh, that side of the pond uh, and uh, we had a, a, a friendly against um, the, the year above us so basically um, before the match I, I snuck into the toilet in full kit to sneakily apply, apply one last application of the boot polish so bear in mind I've kept my secret all day a 45 minute bus journey to school eight school lessons lunchtime all past that incident uh, and uh, then I find myself marking a rather tall lad from the corner from the year above or from a corner uh, from the air above. It was a summer's evening and the perspiration dripping from my head must have taken its toll on the shoe polish that is clearly designed to give a nice gleam to a pair of shoes and not cover up ball patches on one's ski and gave up the ghost. Um, <laughs> the guy marking, whose name alludes me, points at me and goes, jeez, what the fuck is wrong with your face? As I can only <laughs> imagine a thin black trickle of boot polish dripped down my ear to my neck. Feeling some sort of genuine gruesome head injury, the ref started making his way towards me uh, whilst the lad's proclamation had also caught the attention of the other players on the pitch and fans stood on the touchline. I furiously rolled down the sleeve of my football top uh, to, uh, and started rubbing where the offending boot polish was to clear what I could, repeating, nothing, nothing, what? Nothing, hoping <laughs> the moment would pass. A game finished, I rushed to the shower to wash off, uh, wash off uh, whatever my sleeve mop-up job had missed and got off uh, the bus at home, at home at a stop early uh, whilst uh, <laughs> to basically get a haircut before he could go home <laughs> um, to, to blend in uh, as close as possible to the ball patch. He's old enough to get his own haircut. Yeah. And he's had just a, a, a weird day. I think he's overreacted here, yeah. big time. Um, what a relief to share this uh, story with anyone, with someone, because I've not um, shared it with anyone until now. I feel I've made peace with that episode of my life, and I'm able to polish my shoes again without breaking into a cold sweat and having flashbacks. Thank you for that, uh, Rich. Rich, who doesn't leave his second name, probably sensible. Hell uh, of a story. Yeah, but I like patch the idea. Patch-up jobs, you know, I'm just trying to think. It reminds me of, there's an old TV show called... Um, 
not Sam and the Witch. It was, there was a TV show called Sam and the Witch. Johnny Briggs. Johnny Briggs. Johnny Briggs. And uh, they once, uh, his older brother, it was a bit of a shit, um, ate a slice of a engagement cake or a wedding cake. Mm. And um, to patch it up, they basically made a cardboard um, cutout of the, of the wedge they'd stolen mm. uh, and covered it in toothpaste. And blended it in. I think I remember that episode. So they, so they were. So yeah, they got found out. Of course, because it was toothpaste and cardboard. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a perfect crime. Is no, it? it's not. Um, they got away with it briefly, anyway. There you go. I, I like the idea of overreactions to incidents at school because I think, as yeah. you're right, you mentioned earlier, as you're right, I think that every everything seems like massively mm. out of proportion when you're that age. I remember um, my mate's um, kid. My mate's kid. My mate is my mate's wife. Uh, girlfriend is a teacher, and she was. Uh, working one day and um, somebody just threw her phone out of the window. Right. (laughs) Thrown her phone out of the window and she was convinced it was one kid but it was actually like this really quiet girl who clearly just picked it up like tried to get into the phone and then like got the keypad wrong a Mm. few times and it just went oh you got five minutes it's been locked for five minutes because you got the key key thing wrong Um, and she just panicked just threw it out the window (laughs) which I think is amazing. What was the punishment? Um, She just got a stern talking to Detention, never, surely, ne- for that. She'd never been in um, trouble before. I can remember when I, we were at school in music class. Uh, I must have been about 12-ish, 12, 13. And um, we got put into groups. And we were told we had to. We had the whole hour or however long the class was mm. to write a song. And the theme was Winter Blues. Winter Blues? Yeah. What's and, that about? And they said, look, you go and write a song. Uh, it's like an a cappella song. At the end of the class, you've all got to sing it. That sounds dreadful, Luke. Well, listen, it was dreadful. And I'll tell you exactly why. And there was a group of girls who were brilliant. They did a really good song. I remember at the time being really impressed. Mm. We, me and a couple of my pals in our group, mucked around for the whole hour. Yeah. And we ended up... No freestyle. Word, this, freestyle. Freestyle. No, 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 it's better than that. Right. We got away with this for a short amount of time before we got absolutely fucking bollocked afterwards when they mm. found out. Um, our teacher was quite old. Right. So she had no idea about popular culture and everything. So we basically did the whole of Sweet Child of Mine. She was changing <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses to Winter Blues in the chorus. And she was like, she was like, that is fantastic. Oh, whoa, gonna, those and, and, Winter Blues. Yeah, it was, it was literally like that, right? <laughs> and looking back on it, I thought, say what you like about Mrs. Winter. She punished us later, but she knew a good tune when she heard one. Right? She had no idea. The, the most famous songs of all time. And we got away with it for about three hours. And then, right. our, and then our, tutor, our tutor, who I think was good friends with her, she, he was told, and they took us out of class and gave us a bollocking, basically. I mean, hmm. it's quite an ingenious bit of work, isn't it, I really? So. But very quickly before we go, um, <laughs> do you remember, uh, Pete, uh, you delivered something on the last show, I think, about um, the French villagers going mad with hallucinations. Oh, yeah. Harry's been in touch and said um, it reminded him of a uh, another mass experience in France that he'd read about. Apparently, residents of Strasbourg were victims of the dancing plague of 1518, Brilliant. where around 400 people began maniacally dancing for days on end without rest, resulting in the deaths of many of them, presumably through exhaustion. Although it is assumed nowadays that a rogue fungi was the cause of the epidemic, at the time it was attributed to hot blood, and the victims were hilariously encouraged to cure themselves by just dancing even more to get it out of their system. Hot blood. Kind of like when you can't get a song out of your head, so you just listen to it on repeat in the hope that you'll get bored of it. I think that might have featured on an old Luke and Pete, you know. Did it? Yeah, the uh, maniacal dancing of uh, whenever it was. Well, Harry is at the very least reminding us of it. There, they anyway. will insist on eating cheese with, um, you know, rot on it. <laughs> yeah. I went when I went home uh, to Hartlepool. My mum in the fridge actually had um, like a pot of this um, cheese, but it was basically 
you know, like the innards of brie, like the, basically the yeah. worst part of brie, like the creamy stuff, right? The best part of the brie is the is the rind. No, what are you talking it, about? Because it's a beautiful, it's just, just nice and kind the of... The inside of the brie the is the ammonia. whole point of it. No, the ammonia is like... That's what gives it its taste. Um, but the inside, if you just eat that, like, without anything around it, it's pretty bland. Pretty right. bland you shit. You spread it on some bread, no? Well, yeah, so that was the idea. It was this um, spread based on um, the innards from a brie. What was right. it called? Innard brie. <laughs> Brian, Brian, shut the brie on. Um, yeah, so there don't eat go. that. The best part of the brie is the rind. Well, if you told I'll you, see you later. if you told your mum you were coming, she would have got you some decent cheese. I know. If I told you, if you told me you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Is that a song? If I knew you were coming, I'd, I'd have bought a cheese, bought a cheese, bought a cheese, bought a cheese. I know, right? Um, if you want to get to the show, hello at lukeandpeacher.com and we will, of course, be back next time around. Looking forward to it. For episode 65. Mondays and Thursdays, Luke and Pete show. Give us a review. Look after us. Be nice to us. We'll see you again soon. In the words of Paul McCartney, will you still listen to us when we're 64? Yes, because you're hearing it now. Experiment over. I want a piece of brie. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.